What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the AJC. Victory Sunday. Victory Sunday today. Getting Turin black and white. It's been black and white for a very, very long time, and it remains that way, which is, uh, well, all I could say is thank God, because uh, you don't mm -hmm. want to drop to this Torino side. No disrespect, but yeah, they stink. Right, Anthony? They stink. They yeah. stink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got Ant and uh, Lou with me. Fellas, how are you doing? Are you ready to tackle what was the latest edition of the Derby della Mola? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I was promised that Omar would be here and instead we got Tony. So disappointing to start, but we moved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely thoughts with Omar. Uh, this is, you're you're uh, paying for dinner, Lou. You're paying for dinner next time I see you. Yeah, thoughts with Omar. Uh, hey, you want to know something? I'm going to be selfish. Great to be back. I appreciate the time off. I uh, had a bunch of stuff going on. The AJC people who don't realize how great behind the scenes the AJC team is. Great support. Glad to be back. Been waiting for this. Glad I'm back for a win. I, I didn't want to deal with that Atalanta game. Lou told me about it. Said it was horrible. Yeah. Apparently this one wasn't much better. But hey, the first three first points. Half of this one. Second half was uh, yeah. yeah. A little more lively, a little more lively for sure. We'll take a quick mm -hmm. second, say what's up to everybody. We got Alex P in here. Ciao tutti, Siraj, ciao. Saluti from everyone at JFC Melbourne, Gigi Buffon Club. What is going on? Love the crew out there, doing great stuff. Tony Trim, ciao, you have a good result yesterday. Now we wait for Milan, who will be missing Deo and Manian. Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. we got to focus on ourselves and we'll talk about that, yeah. especially coming out of this game and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, obviously, it's nice to uh, have uh, those guys missing for them. RB Comps in here, what's up? And uh, saying what's up to uh, Anthony coming back, the chip guy. That's what it took. Just a bag of chips. We got him back. We got him back. We're happy to have Ant back. Now we're going to rock and roll and get into the derby, everybody. Okay, so a lot of positives leading up to it that we covered in the pre-match between Omer and myself. And that's just the management. And that awesome feeling that, hey, they said some things were going to go down. And then they backed it up with actions, which was awesome. So we got the follow-through. Mm -hmm. um, starting to correct things with the ultras. Giving them the flags, the banners, the drums, the megaphones. Love it. Okay, should have happened a long time ago. Beautiful. Did it? Um, talked about uh, backing this club up and whatever. How, somebody's been screaming from the rooftops for a bond coming in. Hey, we got the bond. Yeah, I wonder who you bastard. But, but, uh, I think that was Luca who's been doing that. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Lucci. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely Lucci. Mm -hmm. Luca's too busy <laughs> fighting fights for players who left three years ago. Come on. Oh you my know, God, give it up. <laughs> Give it up, Luca. Jesus. Yep. Take the posters off your wall, Luca. Okay. <laughs> Don't Roll pull off up. the paint. Get rid of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Move on. There's right. new players to fall in love with, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Weirdo. There's uh there's new mediocre talent to uh cling ever all of your being <laughs> to. Not uh, the Aaron Ramseys of the world. So Oh the Ramsey. <laughs> now oh, the Ramsey. So we had a lot of positives with that. We saw the atmosphere outside the stadium with the ultras and everything. Everybody's getting jacked up. We're all jacked up. It's like, okay, let's hit this hit the ground running in this uh derby, whatnot. Well, the first half didn't really back back up all that positive feeling that was going to go in there. We'll get to that. But the lineups, 
Man, a little bit interesting. So Allegri taking the tip from John McKenney, uh, Weston's ass. So we saw Wea and McKenney on the right side, which was surprising. That was a surprise to me. I thought 1,000% we were going to get Fajoli in the middle there with the trio, but we actually saw McKenney in the middle, Wea on Hang the on. right side. Everything as it was at the back. And then. Have we ever had two Americans start for Juventus? I don't think so. I right? don't think so. Don't think so. We saw history yesterday, boys. Come on, history. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Here we go. As an American, right. I'm not going to lie, like, that gave me a little bit of joy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think we've ever seen it. Yeah, it was, was, like, oh, it, it was cool. I mean, like, you know, like, it was concerning. It was an interesting lineup. Place, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's kind of that's where it's at. We'll talk performance-wise for those guys. But, yeah, look, like, Bit of a surprise there, a bit of a shock there from uh, what we got for the lineup. Ultimately, mm-hmm. though, even talked about it. Whoever the hell's out there, you got to get the job done. This one had to be a win going into international break, playing Milan on the backside, and then coming off the draw against Atalanta. You want to keep pace there. Got a little bit of a nice result there with Bologna drawing uh, Inter, coming back from mm-hmm. 2 0 down. Love seeing the snakes fucking uh, fuck shit up there. Loved it. Loved it. So Bologna, Bologna is going to be kind of that team that pisses the bigger clubs off this season. Uh, Malta's doing some good stuff there. So like that. Now we get to our game. First half. Well, it started off like we were going to roll, especially with fifth mm-hmm. minute in there. Wea cuts in and uh, feeds Keen there, who absolutely lashes that one beyond uh, Vanja Malinkovic-Savage, but called back for offside. He was mid-gritty, too, before finding out that he's uh, offside there, and I was jacked up <laughs> for that one. That's okay. Call it back. But then, to be honest, not oh, really a bunch there. 17th minute, we got a created uh, opportunity there from Danilo, who would stepped up on a ball, put it forward, and then Kostic comes in, cuts it off, puts a low, hard ball going across the goal, just beyond Keane. That was Outside a shot. Outside of that, not much that in the first pass. half. A couple yeah. couple opportunities that were somewhat dangerous from Torino, but they couldn't really do anything in the final execution. There was one, Bellanova, got behind our defense. He got a through ball, but all he could do from that terrible angle was put it right at Tech, who just saw it out for a corner. And then 44th minute, Bellanova cutting in from the right and lashing at one with his left foot that was always going wide of Tech's goal. We kind of finished the first half where I felt we kind of looked okay in the first maybe 15 minutes. And then outside of that, just super flat and not really able to get any rhythm. There was one thing that the only thing of note in the first half was, was that a red card on Bellanova on that foul on Rabio? And I'm glad you brought that up. We got... Uh, Look at me. Larbi- so First I day said, back, kill I it. said easy yellow. Easy yellow, like no red. But there was there was people on the watch along, on the live chat, calling for red. For me, it was like, okay, that's that's yellow. For me, it's shoulder to shoulder. Play on. Like, I, I didn't even like see anything. There's nothing there. I watched Villanova when that happened. Yeah, so as far as that goes, like, I mean, it's Rabio was the one that uh, battled in for the 50-50. Uh, Bellanova coming in from the side, and uh, Labrador Nick says, Cooked I mean, him. yeah, he goes, Bellanova tries to step in front of him, but instead runs up, uh, ends up running right into Rabio and foul him. Here we are trying to determine whether this denied a clear goal schooling opportunity, or did this simply stop a promising attack? 
things to look for, distance to the goal, ball control, direction of play, chance mm-hmm. of other defenders intervening. All four points must be clearly checked yeah. off. Here we only clearly have ball control and direction of play. Still quite a bit of distance to goal. Um, and uh, there's other opportunities for defenders to come in and mm-hmm. challenge Rabio. So it's correct decision by a mile. So Country mile. All those shouts for red, I was like, no, come on. Because if it was the other, I always try to put myself in the other team shoot and I'd be like, okay, well, if that happened to us, I'd be livid. All right. So I know we get sometimes fired up because we want the advantages and we want Juve to just uh, steamroll, but we got to be real here. So that one, nothing doing. Never. Also, I mean, I guess we're all kind of like old school here. That's never Mm -hmm. right here. Just, you know. No, that was foul. a professional foul. Yeah. That was a professional yeah, foul just, at his best. It, shut things down. He's about to be on a fast break. You come exactly. in, you shut it down. Your yeah, team gets a regroup. Like that's just professionalism. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's it. I would be. Uh, you got a bit of agenda over there for doing There's that. A bit well, of agenda yeah, over there. Yeah. But... Listen, if, we, if we're talking about my agenda, I mean that that was not professionalism. That was heroism. Like you know, we don't like, have time for your agenda. We really don't have time for it. Second yeah. half. Now, first half. <laughs> For me, that was just too too flat for mm-hmm. a derby. But not only that, I just see the same thing I've been complaining about for quite some time. And I say all aspects are going to suffer because of what we're doing in the midfield. Our midfield is... mid. That's where games are won and lost. Our midfield, there's no interplay amongst them. The Mitsalas bomb forward aimlessly. We can't hit them. And it actually gives teams opportunities to come back at us because we can't find them. So I've been Mm -hmm. saying for like, I don't even know how long now. Keep your midfielders back. Build up with everybody. And that way, at least if you lose it, these guys are in position. We just launch them forward. We're trying to play flick-ons or get somebody to control the ball. And it's scattered. And we have to get... Uh, Danilo, Bremer, and Gatti, the fuck off the ball. Yeah. Like, we have to get, we have to come up with a solution that doesn't see these guys trying to dictate play. And that's, that's as far as I can go. But in the first half, Especially I was disappointed Bremer. with Locatelli. I was disappointed with Miretti as an individual um, play. Mm-hmm. I really only saw a lot out of Keane and Weya, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But what your guys' thoughts on the first half? In the Luke. in the chat, I think we talked about this, Tony, yesterday at the start of the game. Gatti and Bremer gave the ball away six times in the first four minutes. like Three minutes. Was, yeah, yeah, four minutes is generous. Like, it was yeah. a lot of giveaways. Uh, I do agree about where I thought that he was probably our strongest player in the first half. He looked like as the first half went on, he kind of grew into it a little bit. Um, but you're spot on about the midfield. They're just – the players in there, they don't have the ability, they don't have the creative ability to break open a game. And when they bomb forward like that, they leave us really exposed. You get things where it's like where Locatelli tries to be the director and just plays the ball over the top and it's never it's never on target to anyone. There's no target man. And I think to to be honest, and we'll talk about the second half, but once you get the 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 way for Juventus to create and break down teams, it's got to come from the flanks. When we when we play through the, the flanks, through Kostic, through Cambiasso, through Wea and McKinney, we're a really hard team to beat. But in games where we're not playing through the flanks, kind of like the Atalanta game, like we just were useless. And I think that 
you know, that was kind of the big thing in the first half was we weren't getting the ball out wide. We weren't getting the ball to Kostic or, or Wes feet enough. We didn't really have a target man with Keen up there. And it became that kind of old story where the Metzalas, the Rabio, you know, Moretti, McKinney roll, they're just bombing forward into the box and we're just lofting balls to them. And it yeah. was ugly. Yeah. And yeah, that thoughts? game plan, you can see that was a game plan. That's a, That was a strike against Max. The game plan was we're going to play it from the back and just bomb it up. There's no way the players are like, I'm not going to pass a look at Telly in the middle. Like that, yeah. that was a game. It didn't work. But credit to Max, he made the adjustments at halftime. <clears throat> yeah. the This ongoing thing, and to lose point about playing through the flanks stuff, yeah, that's when we're kind of at our best and whatnot. The only issue is, is that with Atlanta, Atalanta, they set up in the same manner as us, so the flanks get taken away, and that's when our middle really has to show up. I, can, I bet you, and I'd love to see a count on this, but I can probably bet you that our midfield doesn't connect or interplay amongst each other maybe 20 passes an entire game. I bet you that oh, they don't link I, up I with one another as a unit for 20 passes. They, it, I think that it's, it's really weird because I think that there's – there's players in there that could have the capabilities that we need. Like we, we talked about Fajoli, and obviously he didn't he didn't start this match. And some people were disappointed about it. We talked a little bit about this pre-match in the HEC chat. You know, as much as we love the kid, his form has not been great this year. But Max in the post-match after Atalanta talked about Fajoli. You know, being twenty yards out needs to shoot more. He needs to look to make passes around the box. Like he has those capabilities. He just doesn't execute it right. It's yeah. not someone like Rabiot. Like if you were asking Rabiot to like, you know, play a ball over the top to break down the defense, you're like you're asking him to do something that's out of his skill set, right? You know, but like players like Fajoli, Moretti, like they do have that skill set. You know, they had it at the youth level. They just need to execute at the top level. Like they need to they have a little bit of confidence, they need to take a little bit of risks. And I think oftentimes that's what's so disappointing is that, you know, that one creative player that we were so desperately begging for like it could be there one of those young kids they just they don't show it right okay Meretti's getting cooked here in, in the comments so we are I'll gonna put... get to Meretti, but yeah go ahead well he came off at halftime so i don't know if you want to talk about him now or post game we, get... we could talk about it now but we're gonna dive in a little more post game but yeah your thoughts on this go ahead well he's at a, he was playing out of his position right so i'm not gonna absolutely dump on it first he's a kid <laughs> Second, yeah. I'm not going to dump on him because he's not playing in the position that he's been playing in the in the previous games. So, for me, I'll give it wasn't a good game, but I'd give him a pass this game. Also, I think we'll talk about in the second half, of course. But Milik as the target man might have helped him a little bit more. Keane didn't really offer much in the holdup at all. Um, mm -hmm. His runs, like he'd make runs, people couldn't find them. Like there was just a lot of disconnect with Keane yesterday. And I think that like maybe in hindsight, I get why they brought Milik off the bench because he's so effective as a sub. But in hindsight, maybe that was the mistake there was not starting Milik from minute one uh, mm. because he springs a little bit more all around to that to their game. They, they look a little bit better with him in there. Outside of Keane's like Jean-Claude Van Damme freaking settle <laughs> yeah. at the top of the area though. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, Locatelli says deal with this. And he just freaking's got his boot up. And of all the fucking balls, that guy traps beautifully. That's the one he traps like perfectly. Not the ones that are coming down like, you know, chest or like position, by the way. halfway yeah. up the shin. He takes the one that's like a foot above his head and just like, yeah, I'm bringing this down. No problem. 
Not okay, that was man. unbelievable. Okay. sums up Moise Keen's second stint than making a touch like that. <laughs> that, was, like, that was from wild. an offside position, just, though. Yeah. It just stopped. I was like, no way does he just trap that thing like that. Uh, unreal. Anyways, um, yeah. Miretti. I would have pulled 15 muscles doing that. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even have a, a, like thought of yeah, tossing the leg up. It's like, no, that. no. What are we doing here? I'm not getting that. <laughs> but Miretti, yeah, he's, he gets blasted. And, like, I mean, there's nothing you could say outside. That, like, he was poor. It was brutal. Yeah. But... I, I, I said this, like, and I keep saying this. In that first half, I could have went down a list of players that I thought were poor and that were practically mm -hmm. invisible, that weren't doing anything, that whatever. Mm -hmm. The fact that it shines with him is yet again, number one, the position he's playing, the number of times he's involved and everything like that. But we got to stop looking to these young guys to be our saviors. And I need more out of those guys. So in the first half, I'm more on Locatelli because I thought he was brutal. I thought I'm more on uh, Rabio. I wanted more involvement out of McKinney. I thought Wea could have still done a little bit more. Easy like move. everybody, I could have went down that list. And I was like, I was left wanting more from everybody. But more so, I continued to be frustrated with something that is outside just the players and their individual performances. And that's what we were talking to before about how we use our midfield. I don't understand how you can watch this for so long and not understand that that has to change. And your midfield, you have to form a unit because right now our midfield is plug and play individuals and there's they're not a unit. They don't play together as one. And as far as I'm concerned, I've always believed this. I always will. And yeah, I'm a midfielder, but... Games are won and lost in the middle of the park. And what you do there mm -hmm. affects you offensively and affects you defensively. And the games that we struggle are and are shit, essentially, are the games when our midfield is pretty much non-existent and not being able to do anything. And this, for me, is the biggest problem around Juventus. Because if you're facing a team like Torino, no disrespect to them, but kind of a little disrespect you're about to them. To. You're about to. Yeah. Your midfield needs to take control of a game against Torino. Yeah. Flat out. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, your points about the midfield too. If you think about some of our best performances when we were playing with the high press, like against Lazio, against uh, Udinese, like even in the Empoli game, the midfield kind of becomes a little bit effective because they take Moretti, they have him press a little bit higher, right? So he, he plays in between the lines where he likes to play, right? And he had good performances in each of those games. And then Locatelli and Rabiot, they're kind of like, almost like a little bit deeper. So their role is not necessarily to make those bombing runs or play the ball over the top. The role is to just clean up for your wingbacks. What is concerning to me is that when we go from that to like what we did last night, and it's like, why in the first half? But where's the change? Is it because, you know, is it because Kiesa and Vlaovic set up that press and we can't do with the other guys? Like, what is the change there? Is it is it Max reverting to his old self? That's a concern for me going yeah. forward. Like, yeah, I want to see that in the next couple of matches as we get healthier. If they go back to that press, if it helps, if it changes things a little bit, you know, with Vlaovic and Chiesa fully fit, like, will we see that again? Could it be something as simple as playing? <clears throat> now, I saw the lineups listed as a 3 5 1 1. Having that 1 1 formation at the top, could that just be something that just threw the players off? Like, it's not, they don't have two strikers up top that we used, which is what I, we're used to playing. What's interesting about that is they did use it for a good stretch last year before the World Cup. The, it was the, mm -hmm. literally the same lineup we saw last night 
except instead of where it was Quadrado. And I think Fajoli played instead of McKenney. And it was like really effective. I think we, we had a stretch. We beat Inter. We played PSG at home. And then we, uh, we, we played Lazio. And there's another team in there. There's another top team. A long time ago, though, Yeah. Was like, you know, last year was a marathon of a season. It felt like five seasons. So like that is a mm-hmm. long time ago. But it worked for a little bit. And I, I thought pre-match, because we were talking about in the chat, like I thought maybe that's what we would see again. But, you, I mean, you could be right. I mean, it is the first time, like, that team has played it this year. It might have thrown them off just a little bit in the first half. I, I want to talk about one other point before we get to the second half thing, is that in the games mm-hmm. that looked better for us, one, the one clear-cut factor that you could look at is the movement off the ball. Yesterday, in the first half, I don't care who was on the ball, the options were limited and there was yeah. not a lot of movement. And it, I kind of start to think about something, something that we know is prevalent with Max Allegri and everything is this freedom in the final third. Okay. So again, keeping this in line with how we judge individuals and what they play there, there are things in games like your touch, your decision-making and what that are clearly, clearly on the player. Okay. Clearly. However, if we're going to look at when we play players, in different roles, okay? Different roles like Miretti now being the second striker to Keane and whatnot, but now all of a sudden you also have McKinney that's in the middle of the pitch and stuff. The way he's going to play in the middle there is different to how Fajoli's going to play in there. Mm-hmm. And then Weah hasn't been in the lineup for a while and he was starting to cut in centrally and Miretti's got to find room and space and occupy his role. When there's too much freedom, I wonder if that's another reason why when we got to get guys in there, they have a tougher time interpreting roles because they're going to do it differently Mm -hmm. and they're given this freedom. Whereas if every role is clearly defined through training, this is what I want you doing. This is what I want you doing, where I want you moving. It might look a little bit cleaner, maybe a little more fluid. So I start to think about that too. Okay. But I felt like this for a while. It's, it's not just individuals. It's kind of everything. And I think it plays through in every game. Again, a midfield for me has to connect with one another. And if if it looks broken like that, I think your game is going to look broken. The, the freedom thing, is, uh, it's it's a good point because you know, in the past, we had like really great experienced players that occupied those roles, right? So like w- with a player like take like Sammy Kadira, for example, like you could tell him to play a certain way and he might like naturally understand it a little bit more because he has all those games, those minutes. And now you're looking at maybe a younger team, like someone like Moretti or Fajoli, who, you know, maybe just need that extra discipline. And that's yeah. where like, you know, like going forward and training, like it's good. It's great that they have the freedom. It, it can help them a lot, but they also may need that like little bit of discipline, like post-match Atalanta where Allegri goes, Hey, like Fajoli, you're 25 yards out. You need to shoot the freaking ball. Like, you know, you have a chance to take a, take a hit. Right. You know, it's little things like that that they may need just to clean it up. It's like, hey, you know, when so-and-so is playing here, he likes to cut inside. So, like, you need to, you know, make a run to the outside a little bit, fill the space, right? Like, it's just small things. I don't think that they're, like, major, like, major, like, detractions for us, but they're minor cleanups that would make us a lot better. Yeah. And I think it kind of played into when the fact that, like, Millet came in and Millet, understands the role up top there it changed the game it did change Mm -hmm. the game it was more available it was more involved gave us a reference point up there 
it changes, right? So this also shines a light on what Max is having to do because of the roster. It, it shines a light there. Quality does come into play. Player quality does come into play. Because especially if you're going to run the freedom up top there, these guys need to know. And I've been saying for a while now, over the past couple weeks, now people are labeling me that I'm protecting or defending Allegri too much, but I'm not. It's a legit fact we have to look at that the quality is down on the roster. Our management just said it in a subtle way this past week. And that don't worry, we are still Mm going to target high level players because we need them. Uh, But it does come into play. And at the end of the day, these guys have to win their battles in on the pitch it's up to them okay mm-hmm. they don't you don't have to look to a coach every time you touch the ball every time you need to make a decision you don't need to look at max he doesn't need to hold your hand through a game you've got to win your battles you got to do your job on the pitch there is a player quality issue here but even with the young guys we're going to talk about it as yield has entered this game as now we get into the second half okay mm-hmm. um he enters very very late but we're going to talk about it because it does have uh something to do with everything that we see as far as the quality level and uh, players that we got coming in but we're going to kick things off second half and we didn't everybody was waiting for the same thing are we going to make some changes uh what's going to happen uh, and we did get the change as uh Ant mentioned Midetti does come off we yes. get Milik coming in and whatnot and honestly the approach the attitude was right from the outset we were getting after it and we were sending bodies forward and we didn't have to wait very long as uh we crashed the goal vanja milinkovic savage misses this corner it gets touched over to keen who tries a bike who kicks bremer in the face and then gatti's like hammering away at this thing just get it over the damn line okay we celebrate well you gotta wait for uh, var and this one like i'm watching this replay on the watch i'm like guys this is like not that complicated okay and uh but again it's syria we're dealing with so number one (laughs) do they have the cameras online okay are the cameras even on are they reviewing the actual play i think in their defense i think they're waiting for to see if bremer's head was still attached to his shoulders before (laughs) they made the call also also number two they they had to call the figc to see like how they could screw us over they couldn't find anything well you know what it did feel like they were trying very hard to get this one to not be a goal okay they were waiting for bremer to get up you numbskulls (laughs) take it easy okay so Larbitro Nick says this actually a straightforward call on a play that looked more complicated than it really was. Um, and um, here we go directly from the corner kick. Obviously, we talked about the sequence. Keen is in the one that's a question of being in an offside position, okay, as he tried to bike it. And then uh, it was put in by Gatti. But essentially, um, yeah, what they had to find out is they thought that, I believe it was Milik, Milik at that point, touched it to Keane. He would have been offside. If Correct. the touch came from Milik, it was <clears throat> not. Okay, It actually came from Tamez, the defender, which automatically puts um, Keane onside. Then from Keane's touch, okay, mm-hmm. you have to look at two defenders that are, that are further back than the goalkeeper. Because as soon as the goalkeeper comes out, the second to last defender back becomes the offside line. Gatti, well within that one, okay, which mm-hmm. makes it uh, onside and everything. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Excellent work by VAR here. 
according to Nick Cardone, uh, this is exactly what VAR is needed for. Very difficult for an assistant referee to see that. However, he did call offside originally, but they could rule clear and obvious error because it wasn't actually Milik that touched that ball, which was their original call of uh, offside. So uh, Gatti actually scored twice. Oh, yeah. The His first one crossed the line and then one. came back and then he headed it in. I thought eventually he was just going to bowl himself in there and threw everybody, but it was awesome. His celebration after with the curva, beautiful to see. Beautiful yeah. to mm-hmm. see that again. He's got a little bit of like Bonucci in him. Bonucci made a whole career off of just like cleaning up corners, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a little striker's instinct in him. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good uh, seeing his reaction, seeing, and honestly, seeing his game. Uh, because he said, like, the Sassuolo thing, whatever I could deal with, horror show from him. But it's the reaction. It's yeah. get back, mm-hmm. get back to work, whatever, and still show the drive. And the even in the first half, I would say I liked his intentions and his attitude at least because it was positive. It was a positive yeah. attitude in the first half. Do too. you think? Do you think he's earned the spot over Sandro, even when Sandro becomes healthy? Yes. Well, I think I think we I think he's earned it. Do you think Max yeah. starts Sandro over him when he's healthy? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I think I think. Gatti, regardless of where he goes in his future, like how how high his potential is and how high he like he goes, he shows you exactly what we're kind of begging for as fans, which is like you know rebuilding like mentality to come back from that horror show against the Swallow, then to be benched, and then to do this in the Derby, which is a, mm-hmm. a massive match regardless of the quality of Torino. It, that's really impressive. I think that like you know when Sandro comes back, it's gonna be hard to drop someone with that kind of you know, growth, right? You, you're Momentum. Looking, yeah, we're looking for mentality, and, and we'll talk about Milik too. Like, he's another one, only 123 minutes, two goals. Like, that's that's mentality. That's being ready when you're called upon, right? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to, yeah, like, alarm anybody, okay, when we're talking about Sandro, as you see the comments uh, instantly. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know because I honestly, you just when you think you've got Max kind of figured out, you don't, mm-hmm. and I just no. have no idea what the hell he's gonna do. He's always good for a curveball, like like the lineup. Yesterday. No, like, yeah, like it's just I have no idea Americans. what the guy's gonna do, and yeah. I have no problem in saying I have no friggin' clue what he's gonna do. Okay, so it, it is what it is. But I agree with everybody, and my intention is not to oh, have you Sandro back out there. I stood with Fabrizio Ravanelli when he said I would rather deal with mistakes of this young guy going through to get where we need to be long term. I will deal with the growing pains rather than uh, the guy that every mistake seems to be in the back of the net. So if Ravinelli, if it's good enough for Ravinelli, it's good enough for me. Okay. So we'll stick with that. One nil Juventus. Holy Christ. Okay. We got the lead now. Okay. Don't sit back. Don't give them any hope. Don't mm-hmm. allow for, uh, you know, an equalizer or whatever. But second half, pretty businesslike. From Juventus, I felt anyways, watching them play. Like, it was controlled. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all out by any means, but mm-hmm. still felt we were likely to get the next one still. Even just trying to smash and grab it as we were mainly just continuing to shut down Torino, which we had all game. I said it going into this game. A guy like Zapata up front, I don't mind that because we do better against the big physical guys because Bremer just essentially rules them right out. And Zapata had next to nothing. I think he ended up getting their first opportunity on target through a header. Um, and it was 
pretty soft and easy for Tech to get it. That was the first attempt on target in the 86th minute from Zapata's head. Um, outside of that, 61st minute, um, Milik, corner kick. He beats Vanja Milikovic-Savage to it uh, short side. Looked like it went off his shoulder too, but I don't care how. Get in the damn net. Milik's got another one. Just before that, he missed a, a sitter of a header from Kostic, yeah. which created yeah. the corner kick. So. He freaking hammered that thing straight down into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to yeah. put him down to the ground, but just right at Vanja. Vanja still uh, had to do a little bit of work there. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, he saves that one. That led to the corner. 2-0. Now we can actually be comfortable. Now I had mm-hmm. no problems with this game. And I even said 75th minute. I'd probably take a look at like Illing Jr. Yep. I'd take a look potentially at Yildiz and get Keane out of there just to see, right? Get some more minutes because it's 2 0. Torino's been toothless in this thing. We should be comfortable. Um, keep moving on. And 67th, actually, Gatti almost puts another corner in. Set piece FC, baby. We're set piece FC. Hey, I, I put it on the main. I put it on the main yesterday. We were absolutely dominating the airspace. In their 18, which is yeah. great. That ability, I mean, lot, you think back to last year, like in the Europa League, we scored a lot of set-piece goals. Like, yep. we got, oh, we yeah. got to use it, you know? If you look at us, and I keep saying it, like last year, like Bremer could have had so many damn goals. Ten, last ten year. goals last year. Uh, set-piece, like it's insane. So Bremer, Gatti, Danilo, who's excellent yeah. on set-pieces. Mm-hmm. Rabio, um, you've got Takin in there. Milik. Like, hey, there's a lot of threats there aerially. Um, yeah, well, Lou's probably going to not count one of those players as an aerial. It is there. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, we talked about it. 86th minute, first one for Torino on goal. Zapata, 87th minute. And we have Yildiz in at this point because he came in at 85th. And, dude, he looked good every time he was on the ball. I know later in the game... Um, it's 2-0. You've got a deflated Torino pretty much, but he looked good. He just looked sharp. He looked like he knew exactly what to do every time he touched it, what he was going to try to do. Maybe a couple sequences at the top of the area he might want back, but I I was kind of pissed that we didn't get him in a little bit sooner to see a little more of it. Um, yeah. Your guys' thoughts on Yildiz when he came in? Should have came in the 75th minute. Yeah, yeah. I agree. A little bit earlier, he, I, that kid, I think is has he has to have a really high ceiling because mm-hmm. early like Allegri like even giving him some minutes they they brought him in like four or five times already this season like for someone from the next gen to like jump straight there because if you even think about this it's pretty crazy he didn't play with the next gen last year he was with the U19s last year he's just he's jumped straight from the U19s to being a sub for the first team but there's got to be some there I, I think as the season goes on we'll start to see a little bit more and more of him because I think that whatever he's doing in training like has to be uh, has to be like really impressing these guys because the fact they're giving him some minutes you know like dean uh said now he's a defender but like he was in the next gen last year last year for a little bit and he hasn't even seen any minutes so like yields to just jump from the u19s to this now like that's pretty crazy it's really impressive yeah i i just i gotta see more and we are going to get to the end of the game here. I mean, ultimately, Sanabria ended up coming in. They He got a close chance for them. A volley that went off his shin. He got wrong. But the game ends there. Juve ultimately awesome. did what they had to do. Get the job done. No case and no Vlaovic. Everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. 
find the three points they did okay so now we move into everything post-match but i'm going to uh ask this question before we get to performances and man of the match what the hell has Illing Jr. done that he cannot find a minute in any game, including this one? What has he done? We have our theories. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, whoa. I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe he's not a locker room guy. especially about bad it? Bad attitude. Bizarre? Who knows? I was going to say not. that about the, the attitude because we get those random reports every so often where they talk about like this contract negotiation being being tough, like he's tough to negotiate with, that Juventus really don't like his entourage. Like, I wonder if there's something like behind the scenes that we don't see. It has to be. <laughs> you know, he he's did like not cut his out. hair. That's a that's yeah. a good theory there. You know? yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's uh, – I don't know. I don't know. That, that is a really crowded position though. Did he bet it against is. Max's horse? Like, is he Could betting against Max's horse? Like, I don't know That's what's what going is. on. Yeah. Well, you know, he did. He used to spend a lot of time with Pugba, and after the testosterone take, you know, maybe they're like growth hormones. Growth hormones. So Paul and Max are good buddies, and Illing Junior gave him the supplement that's now taken yeah. his buddy Paul out. Put you and now Illing's got no minutes. Huh. <laughs> huh. I don't know. He. When he came in, he he was always a refreshing change to Kostic whenever he came in. So I'm at a loss for this one. I have no idea. But like, to lose point, a lot of people are there's a there's a big lineup at that position. The boomers always say it's rap music. Rap music is everything. Maybe he plays too much rap in the locker room. I don't know. I, I always feel like this year they intended to start with Cambiasso and Ailing, like in that position, and then they couldn't sell Kostic, so now they, they kinda have to play him. Like it's just like one of those things where it's like you kind of do have to play him. Like, do you he's think a good they're player. playing Kostic for no, no, not, a mid-season it, sale? No, but, let me let me go. Ahead. So, I don't think it's that they think Kostic is a bad player. Like, he's a good player. Mm. I just think that they wanted to sell him because they could make some money off of him. And then, like, kind of surprisingly, they they ended up retaining him. And now, like, you have a really good player and two really other good players. Like, now you're trying to find like there's three good players in that position, right? Where I think they the intention was to get rid of one of them. And they ended up not getting rid of one of the three. So now you have three good players in that position. It's hard. It's really it's weird. Just, I think what I find bizarre about it is the fact that Kostic and Cambiasso had a little bit of a streak there where neither was really impressing. And Illing still couldn't become even yeah. like the sub option in a game. Like it was the whole thing's just bizarre. Um, I don't know. But like for a guy that Juve, we keep hearing, wants to extend and keep around <laughs> it. Not really promising and probably not going to mount. They'll probably have to sell him. Um, if that's going to be the case, I can't see him wanting to stay around when there's that much interest in him, um, even in the homeland for Illing Jr. And it's kind of a shame because I think there's a lot of talent there. I even said I was throwing out the option, the potential of playing him up partnering Keen uh, yesterday, which uh, I wouldn't yeah. have mind seeing. Well, do you think if... So there's a lot of rumors going around now about us gradually uh, switching to a back four. Allegri like talked about a little bit post-match. He went 4-4-2. You think if they switch to the back four, maybe we see a little bit more of him? Just based on the amount, like the numbers of people that we have, right, to play in that role. Like if we went 4-3-3, right, you have – after Kostic at left wing, you have Chiesa and you have Ailing. Like it's that, that's it, right? So 
I, I don't know that maybe that's what they're holding out for. Like maybe I, that crack- I, I don't really think so because I think even if you go in the direction of what those rumors suggest, like four three one two or four two three one, whatever, I still think that he's going to be back of the totem pole on the set positions that he would then occupy even in that formation change, right? If I'm looking at Illing, like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I go back to the summer when Max kept trying him as Mitsala, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, I don't really feel like he wants him where we usually see him. And I think he's looking at those alternatives, but he's not going to be, if you're looking at trying to play him in those roles, he's going to be way further back on the totem pole than at the outside. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's no way you're going to play Illing. There's no way I'm going to play him in the middle of the park before um, Fajoli, Rabio, um, even Hans Nicolucci, Caviglia, to be honest, or Miretti. Like, I'm not playing McKinney. him in the middle of the park ahead of those guys. Yeah. So, Kenny was started in there, so there you go. It's really, it's really bizarre to me, the whole Illing thing. So if this is going to be the case, yeah, we'd probably be better off getting the money but i think it's a shame because i think there's a really talented player there that we should I think we're one, get more out of i think we're one injury away from a defender or a winger to really needing him like if, if i would never wish this if gotti goes down or bremer goes down and we need some we need an emergency situation at left back right and sandro's yeah. still out right we who do you, who do yeah. you have back there Come by Asso, I guess, but then now you put Illing to replace Kostic. So. Well, if you're talking about the wing backs and injuries, because like center backs will be covered. You've got Rugani, you've got Hewson, um, Lord DeShilio will at some point come back, and Max will definitely hey. use him in one of those roles. But if bet. I agree with you, if the fullbacks, if we get an injury at the wing back position, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to be calling upon him for sure, for sure. But I just, it's it's weird with the whole Illing thing. It's, it's weird. very weird. Now, well, we will. It, it's also weird when you think back last year, like they started him in a Europa League semifinal game in the second, like in the second leg in a much winning game. And now we're like, we're playing one competition a week at Serie A. Like you can't find any minutes. It is a little right? like, uh, right? like it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so Nick coming in here, a lot Nick, by the way, I think Ealing is going to leave no matter what he wants the Premier League. Why play this guy and develop him into the team if he's just going to leave? Just use him as a sub in my opinion. And this is a good point because maybe, just maybe, behind the scenes, there is no shot at the extension. And maybe Juve knows this, Max knows this, and this could be, this is actually a very, very good point. So, uh, well done, Larbitro Nick. Sharp fucking on fire, this guy. On fire, this guy. Now, the Juventus official fan clubs sponsored, okay, as we are partners with them, man of the match for the Derby della Mola. We're mm-hmm. going to get into that. I also want to remind everybody that I need to know, you guys can reach out to us or even just drop it in the chat here. If you are a member of an official fan club, okay, or if you're thinking about becoming a member of an official fan club, what has led you, okay, what intrigued you the most? Was it the watch parties? Was it um, tickets? Uh, availability and easier to get uh, access to them was it um all the great stuff that they give you as far as perks and discounts to the store what led you to become a member or what is intriguing you about becoming a member i need to know and if you want to get your thoughts currently on how you feel as a juventus fan we've been asked to uh basically put together 
random opinions and thoughts and feelings from fans as a fan base going to put together a presentation is actually going to be brought to Turin next week during the 100 years of Agnelli celebration. Don't worry, because if you are feeling kind of down or slightly disconnected, you can say that. He literally wants everything for this meeting, okay? If you're feeling Luke. positive, if you're feeling kind of somewhat negative, drop no it all, hit it all with us. This is your chance to actually have your voice kind of heard and whatnot it's a great opportunity reach out to us it could be in a short video format or it could just be written up all right and lou yes they'll get your thoughts on adrian rabbi okay we will yes, thank you. Oh my God. but you oh can't my God. have an essay okay it just needs yeah. to be short write the elkin <laughs> no but in all seriousness this is a this is a great opportunity for everybody i've got yep. my stuff put through and i'm sure others uh, in the team are going to put some together but we have to uh take these uh opportunities and if they're asking that's kind of interesting too when you start thinking about what's going on with the management i said about the positivity coming through in this uh, past week actions are trying to rebuild the trust of the tifosi and that cannot be ignored everybody okay so let's take advantage of these opportunities now man of the match and who is your man of the match in this well this might come as a shock to some but it's not Tech, who I thought had a poor first half. I didn't get to say that. I thought he wasn't really controlling his 18 in the first half. I thought he had a better second half. For me, the man of the match is someone who affected the match with their play the most. When this guy came in at halftime, the game completely changed. My man of the match is Milik. Ah, you know Game what? completely turned when he came in. I had uh, in between... Milik and another gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's get Lou's man of the match. Uh, mine was Gatti. Got, there Gatti you go. Good game overall. Got the mm -hmm. got the first goal, broke the deadlock. Uh, it, but both these guys, like I said earlier, like credit to both of them because Milik, Gatti obviously had that horrible error. Like he bounced back. Milik doesn't play a lot, but when he's called on, he's effective. Two goals in 123 minutes. I mean, can't ask for a better striker. And those are like the type of players that make great teams. Not just the great players. It's those like side role players that, you know, step up and build mentality. Like that's what we're talking about with build mentalities, both those guys. So yeah. fitting the honorable, sorry, honorable mention to Weya on my list. I had Weya and Keen yeah. as honorable mentions. Milik is uh, better as a sub, I'd say. More effective mm -hmm. as a sub. Like it's just, it's, it happens time and time again. When he starts a game, you're like, ah, okay. But like when he comes in, he's just, he's great going against some tired legs. Like he's just, he's solid. I had it between Gatti and Milik. Ultimately, um, I went uh, with Gatti and I did probably because a little bit more of just the reaction and what we needed out of him, especially out of the Sassuolo debacle and stuff. And how he's come back and whatnot and starting to learn more and more about this guy as he goes. But I think his attitude and his approach, especially coming off of where he was, it's great. Like he's not going to crumble. He's going to be the same Gatti that we had the same expectations of the same high hopes for and everything. And he's not changing. And I love that. Um, he's still going to go at it. He's not shying away by any means. And he's still getting involved in that final third, like, I just like everything from the attitude point. I'm going to give it to Gatti, but Milik is right there in this one. Now, we are going to talk about some of these other performances. We covered Miretti when we were talking about the halftime there, but 
I'm just going to say this as far as it goes to kind of wrap things up on Miretti. I think we should get him back into a bench role and coming off the bench and just kind of lighten the load as far as the expectations and the... You keep wanting that contribution that's kind of not coming to like get the monkey off the back, but when you start going to the well too much, it becomes it can become an overwhelming thing for a guy, and especially now, second striker, all this. I think we need to get back to basics. I think he should be a rotational piece and do it out, out of one of the Metsala roles. That's what I think. Uh, real quick, do you guys want to touch on that before we get on to the next player? For me, this was the same start he had last year. <clears throat> came out, yeah. played well, and then started to fade, and Fajoli came in and just Wally pipped his role. So I think the same thing is going to happen. Which I, another thing is, how are Fajoli, people with the excuse with Fajoli and Rabio didn't have a preseason, so they're not game fit yet? Get off me with that. We're seven games in the season, eight, eight games in the season. Get off me with that. They should be game fit by now. Stop it. I was, I was just going to say that, like, if Moretti's dropped to the bench, like, Fajoli hasn't been that great either. So. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a similar problem if he doesn't step up and like you know like start to look like the person he was last year, right? So, I mean, unless McKinney's gonna play there long term, which isn't really that exciting either. But well, he's next up on the deck, and I agree with you. And I've been wanting way more out of Fajoli when he does get in there. But again, again, for me, it comes back to he's doing the same thing Rabio's doing that all these other guys are doing, bombing up and bailing out on abandoning Locatelli and abandoning the defenders at the back that are on the ball because we just want to launch it forward and whatnot. So Fajoli's capable of so much, and that's why it infuriates me how we yeah. use our midfielders. It's infuriating to watch because it- you know what's there. There, there is also like some individual annoyances with Fajoli because I do think, like I said earlier, there's a player that could score goals. There's a player who create goals yeah. that we just do not see enough of. Yeah. Um, and that, that comes down to like taking risks, you know, like we need to see more of that, right? Like the like guy understand like, yeah, he's not playing like consecutively. Like maybe you're like a little bit afraid, but like it, that was a problem even last year to an extent a little bit where it's like, there are games where he's really, really good on the ball. And like, you're like, Hey, like this guy could have scored more than three goals last year. Like he has that in him. Right. Like, you know, he, he's got a great right foot. Like he's going to go to for goal. He just needs to, he needs to get in the box, try to shoot a little bit more, make some passes, you know, try, try to create something like he could be huge for us in that regard. If he steps up and that would be a massive lift to the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we are not getting the most out of Fajoli nowhere near it. We did bring up McKinney. McKinney in the midfield. I said a lot about going to this after his dad put out the post. Um, Thanks, Dan. I've seen enough of him in the midfield. Um, I just, I think he has good spurts there usually when he plays, but then fades out immediately. And yesterday I kind of felt that way too. And I just, we've been there, done that. I feel like it's not enough in the midfield. And especially when you have Rabio as one of your midfielders as well. So if you're going to rock Rabio and McKenney as your two Mitzalas, I don't like it. I don't like it. What do you guys think? I think it was, I think it was just a doorstop yesterday. It was a one-off. He he was fine. That's not going to be the rest of the season. That's for sure. Once Kies and Vlavich come back. So one-off game like that, 
I'll give it a pass on McKinney. I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he played better than Rabio, if that's anything. One thing one thing about McKinney where he lacks in like technical skills, he is an absolute menace to play against. He's always he's always like running the challenges, he's wins balls back, like does like that part of it. But mm-hmm. I in the right wing back role, I think that's where he'll stay this year. Um, I don't know why they don't use uh, Hans at all. That's that's kind of puzzling. They they kept him around and hasn't played a minute yet. So yeah, look, is locking a, loading a lot of minutes, like a yeah. lot of minutes. Yeah, just... so I'm curious to see where that goes. Like as the season goes on, but I but to answer your question, like I don't think that it, like Anthony said, like it's a one off. Like I don't think we'll see McKenney in the midfield long term. He's playing yeah. too good on the outside to keep him on the inside. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and that's just it, right? Like, I mean, we got a guy that when he was playing in the midfield all the time, we ended up trying to get rid of and trying to sell. And it's mm-hmm. like now all of a sudden we're going back to it, but you need to find something that you're going to move forward with and be solid with. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And he's given us his best at that right wing back role. I don't need to continue with uh, him in the midfield, to be honest. And Fajoli was there, was available. It was a weird one for me not to get him in there and play. It was just, it, it, was, it was weird. It was weird. Nonetheless, Kenny was in there. He ultimately did okay. Um, Allegri. Allegri gets the Uno di Noi chant from mm-hmm. the Curva. Okay. Man, was I pissed off when I started reading what I was reading uh, out there, social media and stuff. Just claims the like, claims like yeah. there's the fans that actually um, know what he did mm-hmm. for us. And mm-hmm. uh, the fans that realize what he did for us. We know damn well what they're trying to imply and what they're trying to insinuate. And that is that fans that are frustrated and maybe didn't wanted a coaching change there. It's as if they discredit all of Max's accolades leading up to that point or whatnot. But at the same time, holy fuck, like Lippy was fucking incredible. If you asked me today, would you bring back Lippy? I'd say no. Like, what are we talking about? It's not a discredit to them. It's not when fans share their opinions. And I just hate reading and seeing shit like that because it's just so it's kind of like you're coming off on a pedestal as a fan and there is no levels to fandom okay and when you're sharing opinions it is what it is and you can't blame a fan base when your club is actively seeking a coach holding job interviews during the summer there was job interviews that actually did happen (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? It's always this battle out there to be right or whatever and levels of fandom. It's bullshit. We can never be happy. A 2-0 victory. Like, ultimately, our play needs more, and we've all covered this through this game and whatnot. We need to keep growing, but they need to figure out the middle of the park. Biggest thing. But it doesn't mean I'm not happy about the 2-0 win. It doesn't mean... Even if I thought we should have made a coach change, I'm not going to back Max fully Mm -hmm. this year. But make no mistake about it. It has fuck all to do with what he won in the past. It has everything to do with wanting Juve to succeed now, today. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. No one's going to take it away. He just 
became the most winningest coach during the three-point era, 289 wins. He's tied mm-hmm. Trapattoni with 13 uh, wins in the Derby for most Derby wins. But this nonsense kind of has His to... first positive record broken in two years. There you <laughs> go. There's another good. stat line. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I just... Congratulations. There comes a point mm-hmm. where I just kind of, like, we got to, like, take it easy. We got to be be happy. It's okay to be happy. It, yeah, you, people just need to realize that there's no I in fandom, but there's two in idiot. So just sometimes you just have to say some people are just idiots. You got to move on. Yeah. I, I also think too, like the, the curva, like a lot of time. Allegri has backed the curva in the press. So like there's there's definitely like a little bit of like, a, hey, mm-hmm. thank you for helping us get back sort of thing. Like, you know, like, but for us, like you can respect what he did in the past and like what he's done even in like the – the collapse that was last year kind of being that like last standing force for the club when everyone like, you know, had to resign and at the same time still be like, Hey, like our play could be better, you know? Yeah. He was the only one in the building last year. And then for all the flack that we gave him last year. Yeah. He was the only one there. That was an incredible, like you even saw like, remember the Atalanta game where he's on the touchline, like celebrating, like, the poor yeah. guy was left to like left to die last. Year. It's like but you can also you can also spin zone and say, hey, not just the Allegri like supporters, but the like I'm always unhappy FC that mm. occupies you like this. You can also say, hey, we won the Derby yesterday. It's two nil. You know, like be happy for the win. Have your crit- critiques, but like let's also look bigger picture. We're two points off the top of the table. We've started off pretty good for the most part. Like let's. Let's, you can enjoy both, right? But to, to RB Comp's point, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Because he says yeah, that yeah. there are still fans that would rather see Juve lose so they can say, I told you so. But I'll yeah. tell you this. There are mm-hmm. also fans that did that while Sadi came in and while Pirlo came around to prove a point about Max Allegri. So this whole thing does not tie into those that want Allegri out or wanted Allegri out at some point, you know? I feel a certain way that right now, the season, we're into it, okay? We're eight games deep. We're 17 points out of a possible 24. I'm happy about that, okay? I'm mm-hmm. happy where we stand. Inter's going to drop points. Milan's going to drop points. Like, it's going to happen. We're going to be in the thick of this. I believe it's going to be a tight race the whole way. I still have concerns, questions, and doubts around our club and whether we can hit the level we need to. But... When I criticized Max, and when we were talking about Max last season, the year before, I wasn't bringing up what the fuck he was doing fucking five years ago, four years ago, three years, because it's irrelevant. And that's the point, is that they're bringing up, oh, these fans recognize what he did. When you're analyzing or covering a team or criticizing or talking about them, we're talking about the now. We're not talking about what the fuck happened then, okay? Do you get evaluated at your job for what you did two years ago or do you get evaluated on the spot for the performance you're currently mm-hmm. doing because mm-hmm. if i had a monster year and i was the balls okay and now all of a sudden i'm shit in the bed this year they're not going to be like oh yeah but he was the balls last right. year it's all great good. job last year great job no fucking way that's not real mm-hmm. life okay so at some point they got to come back and realize that life isn't you know rainbows and butterflies and it's what's going on right now okay big hugs and bra muffins yeah, and then, like, like, like you said, like it is, it's fair because we are happy. Like we started off good, the like, job so far, good, could get improved, mm-hmm. right? You know, every team can make improvements, even the best teams, even Inter, who's in first place, can make improvements. Like that's that's part of you know the the the, 
pr progression of a season is you, you improve as you go on, right? Every team can do that. But you can also say here, like, you know, as good as we started, there's a couple lumps in the road. So, like, you just say, hey, like, what did we do wrong in those games? Like, the first half. What did we do wrong in the first half? How did we change it at halftime? You know, credit to Max for changing it. But does mm -hmm. that do those changes carry over to the next game? Like, you know, like, that is – that's a fair take, which is saying respectfully, like, Max did a really good job at halftime. He made the second half adjustments. But in the first half, he really didn't do a good job with the starting lineup. So, yeah. that's it's a, it's a respectable opinion, right? It's not – it's not pro Allegri. It's not anti Allegri. It's just facts, right? Yeah. And Dom, yes, I realize we're two points behind Inter, four behind AC Milan. They're in first place. But what I'm saying is AC Milan is going to drop points as well. They're not going yeah. to uh, go through here unscathed. Inter is actually, in my opinion, the guys that you're probably going to want to stick to the most. I think AC Milan is going to have uh, some type of drop off and whatnot. That's just me. They but also may, may not make it through that. They may finish last in that group in the Champions League. Yeah, which actually even would they were in probably there. Totally help them for uh, Syria and whatnot. But yeah, they're uh, they they can't score in that uh, group, and they're just drawing. No these idea who's the, whose group they're even in. Whose group are they? Group in? Death, so Tony, all you gotta know. Yeah. So the thing is, all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, I just don't like it when there's oh yeah fans yeah, trying to chance. create a level. A level mm -hmm. to fandom and whatnot based off opinions and then calling other fans ungrateful, even if you, because that's what that comment is insinuating that this this fan base that may have wanted to change is ungrateful for what happened in the past, whatnot, which is a thousand percent not the case. Okay, not the case. We're Anyways, get your store in the barn questions in. How about that? We're a passionate fan base. Okay. Store in the barn questions. And it's all about, at the end of the day, seeing Juve succeed. I don't give a shit who the coach is. I don't give a shit who the players are. But well, we got to stop and we got to be better with one another out there. Because that's just, that's bullshit is flat out what it is. Okay? Just be nice to everybody. It's that bullshit. really helps life. Now, well, Lou, you have to I'm going to leave it open to you guys people. to start Storm the Barn with some questions. Because we do have time for Storm the Barn. So let's fire it up here. What are your questions? Lou, do you got a question for everybody? Uh, ooh. what's the Champions League? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, is uh, I got. One. I, I got hear about one. it, although I, I'm not really sure though. I know we Doesn't sort of touched on it, but maybe just a yes or no. Is it does it even make sense to sell Ilan Junior or Kostic in January? Consider we might be bringing one in. If we bring in a midfielder, would that leave space to sell one of those? Or no, in a different position. Another wing backs, yeah, I'm playing wing backs for us. I I. I I would. I think we have enough coverage at that role that if we did sell one, we could I would away. sell Costas before I sell Illing Jr., though. I would agree with that as well. I got to know why the fuck we're not playing him, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, yeah. because all of a sudden, what point does it make to keep a guy around if he's not going to extend his contract? Can that we can get be... uh, Mirko Romeo to ask Allegri that in the next presser? Can we send them a message to say, hey, can you ask him about this? <clears throat> yeah. It's fucking, it's weird. I can't figure out the yielding one, but I would agree. I would tend to agree that we could sell one come uh, winter Mercado. But as for who I'm going to pick, I really need to know why Illing's not getting minutes all of a sudden, especially when mm -hmm. Lou brings yeah. up the point that shit, we played him in the semifinal game, started him and whatnot. And now all totally of a sudden we can't get him in against like <laughs> Leche. We can't get it's him really in the game. Like too. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, Michael Lloyd saying, to be honest, we will be lucky to make the top four. So my question <laughs> will be, are you guys afraid of not making top four, Lou? No. No. I, not even I have no slightest. concerns about missing out on top four. The fifth team is Atalanta, which classically everyone always gets afraid no. of Atalanta until March when they collapse. and then uh, They're actually show. losing. I think they're losing 2-0 down to Lazio right now. 2-1 at half. 2-1 at half. And Juve's B-side, Frosinone, up 1-0 against Verona. Okay, so you have so the top four, Milan, Inter, Juventus, Napoli. And then the next contenders are Fiorentina, Clown Show, Atalanta, Clown Show, Monza, Disaster, Lecce, Joke Show, Bologna. Now, Bologna is the one that you, you brought up earlier. Tiago Mota is doing I think he has one loss in his last 11 games or something. I saw that on the good Matrix. Coach. So he's he's doing a good job. He's going to take points off of people. At the end of the day, they're a bunch of jokesters. They're not going to finish in the top four. Bologna's so really, aim this season, Bologna's aim this season is one of the European spots. And to be honest, sixth wouldn't be a stretch for them to get into one of those spots. Like right. That's yeah. a slight improvement on what they had last year. Like They could do it. They could do it. They I got the off to a rocky four, start, but they could do it. I get this. I think the top the four are going to separate themselves by Christmas. There'll be there'll, there'll yeah. be like a six point gap, and then the four just start to make their way away. I get a. Uh, oh, also, good point about the winter this year. No winter break. Playing through the holidays. All right. First, there's got to be a week or two. Is it two weeks or just one week? Yeah. Look, look <clears> it's like right through. Why? I is love that. that. I love the, it. The, they passed the rule a couple years ago, and I, I kind of forgot about it until I looked at our schedule, and it's it's like right through. It's no winter break this year. So the Juve, oh, Juve duo are playing great at Frozenone as LJJ's tuning into the match. Can remind everybody, get those likes up. Get your Storm the Barn questions in. So top four, we're not concerned. Um, my, my Storm in the Barn question, uh, Sule, what do we do with him next year? Think he comes back? It depends if he can keep what he's doing going for the whole season. But otherwise, I would say, yeah, based on what we want to do in terms of the rest of the roster, which will also be determined by performances as the year goes. But I think, like, if we're going to make a shift, which I think is going to come at some point to a four-man back system, I would bring Sule up because then you open up like a 4-3-3 or something or even in a 4-2-3-1 where he can actually operate. And I would do it. I'd bring him back probably. If he can keep that steady for the year, I would. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if Conte wants him back next year. Don't do that. Well, then we're not going <laughs> to four-man back. Conte's going to go Coach Roma like the loser he is. He, uh, <laughs> I honestly do believe this is Max's last year no, ma- no matter what happens. No matter no what. what happens, I think this is Max's think, last year. I agree with that. Yeah. And even, but, even if he goes undefeated from here on out, I really do think they're going to make a change there. Yeah. We had uh, mm-hmm. Omer and I were having a good chat in the green room yesterday about um, just coaches in general. And I, I just think like uh, he brought up uh, Malta and him. And I said, for me, Malta is not considered as high as the other guys because he's not as flashy. And the games aren't as flashy, but I think he should actually be getting more shouts than he is over other guys. Like for me, all summer when like we were here about Tudor and whatnot, and I would have I wouldn't have had a problem Tudor or whatnot, but like Italiano and whatever, I would take Mota probably ahead, to be honest. Like looking at what's going on, looking at what he's doing with what he has. 
I think he yeah, should be uh, higher up in the ranks in terms of a shot at the next. What about uh, Paladino? Oh, Monza, Monza started to get really good. <clears throat> yeah, I I need to Stop see it. a little more. They start so they started off the season kind of rocky in games they would have wanted, but now they're kind of starting yeah, to look like at the table for a mid. Starting to get point. it together, they're at twelve points now or something like that. So they're. Yeah, they're they're coming on again now. Last year, they won this what morning. was crazy with Malta is that they were the giant killers, and they were actually yeah. like had a great record against the big clubs, right? So he's I in think... the mix too. But Malta, I think, needs to be higher up. But the problem with me and Malta is always the interconnection. Yeah. I fucking can't get over it. But yeah, Malta, like one thing I really like about Malta, he does like. He makes do with what he has. It's not a lot on that team. I mean, Orsolini's a good player, but they'll have like a ton of like, you know, like Monza is like good for like a couple like bright young talents. Uh, they had that one guy, he just got called up to the national team. I can never remember his name, but we've been linked to him recently. Something with the speed. Popolani, something like that. They always have like one or two like bright young players where it's like with Bologna, Mota, like they don't like ever have like a really good team. It's just the, the the way that they play. Like they're annoying to play against. They pick up results against the top sides. You know, like that, and that's a sign of like a really good coach, right? Where it's like you can tell with Malta, like whatever he's doing is it, it works there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you highlight? I think you're gonna highlight the same thing I was about to say. I'm uh, gonna pull this one up because Alex is saying the names we're discussing for coach at Juve, we're in big trouble. But you got to realize something. Where the project yeah. is, where it currently stands. And the names you want to bring into Juve, it's not appealing to those guys, yeah. and that's I mean, the reality. These yeah, guys are not going to want to come to a team that's. If we're talking about it, they're going to want those oil money clubs that can give yeah. them exactly what they want Everything and they what want. they're after. So you have mm-hmm. to look at these other guys. If you're waiting for Klopp, you're waiting for Pep, you're waiting for these guys. Like it's not going to happen. Mm-mm. It ain't going to happen. Zidane, yeah. everybody wants Zidane and whatnot. I don't see Zidane taking that, yeah. taking that shot. Well, also, I'd like to say, you know, like Max Allegri obviously did really great for us in his first term. When we signed him to replace Conte, he was like a dead manager. Remember, he yeah. was the guy that ruined AC Milan. You can't like you can't predict that. Like Conte was a Serie B manager when we hired exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at. Uh... Uh, RB Comps' message there. It says, Mota and Paladino are at Juve level. Uh, what level do you think Juve's at? Because I, I thought they were higher. Lou keeps knocking me down, especially with the Azuri team and Juventus, like knocking down my uh, perception. This team is not a European contending team. Let's let's get real. We are a – we're barely contending for the Scudetto. So, like it's- Mota not being our level – I don't know about that. Also, when you're hiring coaches, right? You're hiring coaches for their ethos, their what they believe in, right? Like right. who they are, people. You're not hiring people based on level things like that. You know, like, like mm-hmm. it's one thing to throw a ton of money at a coach. Like Liverpool could do that with Jurgen Klopp. They had the money to like you know sustain a five six year project. Juventus really doesn't have that, and this is also a fan base that like you know doesn't accept anything less than the Scudetto. So like. If you're going to bring in a top coach and you're going to have to invest in him long term to rebuild a team, you know, we may not be able to do that. Right. Yeah. And that also, like, Berto, you made a good point. Like, who would take that job? Like, everyone goes, oh, just bring back Conte. He'll take it. It's like Conte literally has left four jobs because they couldn't financially back him, including mm-hmm. Juventus, where he won the Scudetto mm-hmm. three times in a row. 
Like, like, why are we, why are we, why do we keep doing the same thing over and over and yeah. over again? So, and I get it. Like I, I, I RB, like I see here, I also want trophies, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I do as well, but w- w- if we're building a project and we like, we want to build from a new manager, we need the manager that fits like what we can do. Like one thing I'll say about Max Liger, whether you like him or not, he's not one of those managers who's running around complaining about signings, right? Yeah. He's just like a, Hey, like, this is what I got. Like I'm making do with it. It's one mm-hmm. of his more admirable qualities. Except last so, year it was kind of annoying because he kept pointing to the fact of injuries and shit like that. And we yeah. were losing to, we were losing to all these chumps and it was like, dude, I don't really think you need a Pogba or even a Di Maria to get by these sides. Not even get by them, but like mm-hmm. generate fucking scoring chances yeah, against we were them. Struggling. Like play a game, right? Yeah. That was kind of frustrating. But the real fact of the matter, and like we see uh, Spalletti, I take Spalletti. Yeah, sure. I mean, like the the fact is though is that but, you cannot predict what the hell's going to happen. And at the end of the day, it all has to come together your coach mm-hmm. and the players that you supply him and everything and that's why when we look at a list of potential targets you have to think about that aspect and the players that what are you going to present to them is it going to be enticing enough right now we're trying to get back into champions league and if some of these big coaches came available right now do you think juve is going to be like at the top of the list of places that they want to go and it sucks to hear that it's sometimes the truth fucking hurts but the truth is, I don't see it as being that appealing right now for that higher echelon or elite level managers that you guys want to aim for. The truth mm-hmm. is, any one of these guys that some are calling chumps in the chat or whatnot might come in and might pull what Conte did when he came in out of fucking seemingly nowhere and Wait. put it all together. You don't Undefeated know. Season. And this is one thing that I used to defend Max last year because when everybody was saying, hey, and I'm even saying it a couple weeks a, a couple weeks ago on this show saying that maybe just maybe even a coaching change doesn't change this current UVA and we might have the same struggles moving forward until all of a sudden it gets right. Okay. You don't know. I- I need to I need to address this because there's a couple things in the comments and Alex is a longtime supporter, so I can I can address him in the comments. Shout out to Alex P for all your support. But first off, you said they were all chumps. Most of Twitter thought Spalletti was a chump before he won the title last year. Yep. To be fair. 100%. So and then also this like cult of modern football. Tiago Tiago Mota is not a modern football, like that cult of modern football, Tiago Mota's teams aren't that. They're not your deservies, they're not your uh italianos yeah they kind of like they grind out results they're not like not playing extravagant football like they're more of like what we're accustomed to that's why i just said he's not getting a lot of shouts because he's not flashy well like like they're not flashy at all like a cult of modern football i get like you do want to shoot higher but if you want to shoot higher like who's your realistic names like you mentioned spalletti he coaches the national team like he's gonna come down to juve like, unless we miss the Euro, like, what's he going to do? And then if he misses the Euro, like, are, are you going to want him in a year? Ada. So I just, I saw that in the comments, had to address it. Alex, you're the best for your support. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting discussion, right? But uh, for the for right now, like I say to everybody, Allegri's here. I'm going to back him a thousand percent through this season mm-hmm. because we need Juve definitely, like top four, shouldn't be the aim like that should just be a given okay top four Mm -hmm. playing only one comp but 
I think there's, I think we're capable of a little more. I think we're capable of a little more. We're going to back uh, Allegri all season, all the way through the end. One thing's for sure, no matter what anybody thinks about him, I actually have a ton of respect for him. And that's maybe why I get a little fired up about what I talked about earlier, the level of fan and whatnot, because I'm not ungrateful for what he did and whatnot. And I actually have always said, as far as being a Juventino, like I will always show him that respect because he's never afraid to and never shies away from calling things how he sees them. And he's been a true Juventino to, towards media and fighting the fight for Juventus. And after last season, I actually, it increased my amount of respect for him because he should have never been put in that situation to be the only guy in front of the cameras. And he was. The only so for one. me, I'll always have a ton of respect for Max through that situation and what he did and mm -hmm. how he treated it so for me i'll always have respect always have respect and yeah. this season i hope i hope he can bring us back to the top and i actually believe we can do it i still believe we can do it there's doubts there's been hiccups here in the first eight games i still think we can do it but you got to figure out that middle of the park, Max. You, you really got to do it, brother. Good point. Yesterday on the uh, the American, like, Syria, like, telecast, uh, one of the commentators was saying, like, we've seen Juventus kind of, like, shithouse their way to Scudetto before. Um, and we've seen Allegri, like, do that, right? Not the best team, but get through. Yeah. We weren't yeah. the best team the year after Cardiff, don't we? You know that. Yeah. We won that. And he says Allegri yeah, ball sucks. I can't remember. I'm not a fan of the style, Okay. I'm not, but I'm just talking about him as an individual. I will always respect. I will always yeah. respect. And uh, as far as that goes. But you guys, fuck, every time it gets to coaches, you guys in the live chat, you guys just get fired up. I don't know. Me, I'm always calm. I never get fired up. I don't know what's up with you guys. It's Sunday. Ready so to ju I just looked at it real quick. Last season, we started the season at this point, three wins, four draws, and a loss. Oof. Right? Three wins, one, two, three, four draws. We drew Sampdoria, Rome, Fiorentina. So 13 yeah. points. So we're four points higher. But it, that was an ugly start. Oh my God. That was an ugly it start. It sure didn't year. feel like lost it was to Monza. Like four points less at this point. <laughs> hey, it, it didn't feel like it was four points no. less than this start. Well, but. Not like we were getting um, relegated last year. <laughs> oh, look at this! Look at this! Now, now I'm an uh, I'm an Allegri uh, fanboy. Here we go! Oh my God! Come on! Come on! I'm just saying, there's gonna be a lot of unknown. Any way you hash it, mm -hmm. make changes, whatnot. For this season, I would just rather spend my energy backing everybody that's there, than continuing to go at somebody. For whatever i'm still analyzing all the games i'm still calling it how i see it and the midfield needs to be sorted out and i think that comes more from the staff than the actual personnel you got to stop launching them forward you need to get them involved in build up that's a coaching thing that's not a player thing so a lot of work to do but hey again i don't see we'll be here I don't see anybody running away with it in Serie A. I said it was going to be a tight mm -hmm. race, and I actually think it's going to do. My prediction was I think we can snag this title. I'm still uh, – I have more doubts than I did probably at the start of the year, but uh, we can, I do, don't, it. We can do it. I don't. Lou was kind of with me on that prediction. How are you feeling about it eight games? Uh, 
I, I have a little bit more doubts, but I still, I still think we can win the title this year. I am more confident now than I was on the prediction show that we'll win this goddamn thing. Well, now we're coming in fourth. There we go. <laughs> After you, said that. you son of a bitch. Luis Barbosa, Allegri is the tortoise and Syria is there. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. And we're going to be here along the way. I did say it was going to be a bumpy ride. I do expect it to be a bumpy ride, but it's still going to be a tight race uh, all the way through. Lazio, if they can pull the win off against Atalanta, creates a little room there. The other teams outside of Atalanta, Anthony covered it perfectly. Okay. I'm not really threatened there. We know who are going to be the four, I think, already eight games in around there. I'd be very, very surprised if anybody outside of that slides in there. There's problems at Roma. Lazio is Jekyll and Hyde. Atalanta is Jekyll and Hyde. Fiorentina, good one game, absolutely thrashed in another. Like Consistency is going to be the key question of any of those teams that can maybe surprise somebody in the top four. Outside of that, it's going to be, you know, AC, Inter, us, Napoli. And for Juve, consistency, fuck. We got to sort it out first and then become consistent. So mm-hmm. middle of the pitch, everybody, sort it out. Two-man pivot, would you do it? Yeah, I think we're going to see it before the end of the year. Hmm. Ah, so, uh, That's another thing I wanted to bring up in the closing here. Well, let's people, finish off with it. People who like are obsessed with like, hey, we can't play a back three. We need to play a back four. They need to remember historically, Allegri always starts the season the way he finished it the year before. It's always the same lineup. It's like it's the way the season ends. He just carries it over. And then it comes to like November, December, sometimes even the next year. And then he tinkers it. We play a formation that plays to the end of the year. So that's what happened last year. Yeah. The formation, the lineups. Let's just take a deep breath. Long season to go, we're on pace, you know, and like clearly we see from the open training sessions, they are working on some sort of back four. Whether we still have 30 left. games left. Yeah. 30 like league games. Left. Yeah. So the thing with me is the middle's the biggest question mark. Chiesa getting fit, Vlaovic getting fit, and all this talk even yesterday for me was kind of masked because of the sense that I don't see us, I still see us suffering the same fate even when they're in the lineup. The midfield needs to hold things down. They need to control games and whatnot. It needs to be much, much better. They need to be an actual unit. Two-man pivot for me, it makes complete sense if we're going to stay in this 3-5-1-1, 3-5-2, however the hell you want to call it. It makes a lot of sense because teams can rule out Locatelli. And then with those guys bombing forward, again, when you get the ball to the flanks, the flanks that we need to be strong, as Lou pointed out earlier on the show, that's too easy to shut down if you're going to take the Metzales out of the plate. Two-man pivot, give us more options, spread other teams out more when they're trying to stop us, and we should be able to build through that a lot easier and then have a creative guy that can assist left side, right side, and give our flanks more options to play. Two-man pivot is something I would definitely, definitely try. Who? Uh, well, well I, that's a diff- That's a whole different uh, topic there, but I do believe Fajoli can occupy one of those roles with Locatelli. I think um, we've got players that can do it next to him. I'm also not scared to do Loca in there, or sorry, Rabio in there, because Rabio's done it. He did it before with Zakaria, for Christ's sake. And it looked fantastic. But people are saying, no Rabio in a two-man pivot. Hey, I'm yeah. not putting McKenny in there. As as the uh, as the president and CEO of the I Hate Adrian Rabio fan club, 
he literally plays that two-man pivot for France. Like I know what about like <laughs> it's, it's, for me, all yeah, like signs he, are right? pointing to the two-man pivot, and I'm gonna yeah. scream it from the rooftops. Okay, two-man uh, pivot in the center, hundred percent. Let's go. Let's got, start uh, protesting last, and get it going. One last question: Do you guys regret not signing Berardi this summer? No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. Mm. No. No, I'm fine with it. I, th- I think so with one competition, I think we'll be fine with it. So I, I kind of think that, like, with this talk about the two-man pivot, there's a part of me that kind of wishes we would have. Because I think he would he could play that, like, that Trey, that Trey Cartista role that kind of helps link the play up a little bit. I'm not saying it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's going to decide our season that we didn't sign him, but, like, there's a part of me that kind of wonders if he could give us that creative link between the midfield and the, the strikers. Yeah, I just don't regret it. Like I don't like mm-hmm. look, yeah, you know, in not, hindsight, it's, it's like it's, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have minded like ultimately if that was the case. I wasn't really for it. Like I just think it is what it is. Like I didn't think that would be our problem, you know? And looking at a setup of a three five two. It didn't make sense to me that like, okay, we're going for Berardi. Are we in fact going to switch to a 4-3-3? And are we going to make that switch after a whole Mercado where you were essentially sticking to the 3-5-2? It just didn't make sense to me, right? So to say regret, like, no, I don't think any regrets. Actually, in that Trey Cortista role, who I actually would put there, and not it's not even really like a Trey Cortista role. It's just like your advanced attacking mid role, but it would be Fajoli, to be honest. Yeah, I would play Fajoli in a triangle ahead of Rabio and Locatelli, and I think it would help this midfield a lot to have structure to it. And those guys working; those three were our three best midfielders all of last season. Okay, they were. and at points, at points, we were switching into a two-man pivot, and it was Rabio and Locatelli. Let's let's like stop just doing things and seeing them work and then never seeing them again. Like let's actually give stuff opportunity to grow and develop. We should be doing that. That's what I, no, oh. listen, I, I, I agree with the solution. I just figured, you know, we're, we're linked to him in January a bunch. I figured I'd throw it out there. Probably yeah. won't be the last time we talk about it. Well, do you think he's going to come in January, Lou? Depends who goes out. But I think they're going to try and make a move for either him or another midfielder. I think that's that's dead set. Jaden Sancho news and Omar actually brought this up on the show uh, a couple episodes ago. Would you bring him in, Lou? No, personality problems. I, I there's there's something there's something behind the scenes. I I love the Premier League. Like I after Syria, like that's what the league I paid the most attention to, and just all the talk around that United team. Like I, it's a disaster top to bottom. But Sancho, like, isn't necessarily innocent in there. I think that he has some attitude problems that maybe aren't the best. So I, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I said the exact same thing as yeah. far as that. Uh, and Omar, Omar said he'd take the shot. He'd take the shot on Sancho. For me, I just don't think we're – if there is, in fact, this theory, which is going around a lot about Sancho, and I – it's you could easily believe that. I just don't see us as the team that's strong enough right now to take that on and be able yeah. to have the faith that we'll just have a guy come in and fall in line. I I almost like if this is going to sound crazy, but 
because I think Sancho is a way more talented player. But if it was between the two, between Sancho and Berardi, I, I think I would honestly take Berardi because I think that if you're looking, we need to get back to looking for personalities and like, you know, like mindset, right? And I think Sancho, as great of a player as he is, as great of a talent he could be, does not have that personality, that character we're looking for. You're um, looking for the asshole, right, Lou? You say we don't have that guy. Well, we don't have that guy. Berardi is kind of a menace, which would be nice, but mm-hmm. we could use a couple more assholes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I think in that's terms of just clear. overall me- mentality, I, we'll bring someone in. I think that's for sure. The Pogba money, he's going to get terminated. Like, I think that will free up something. I just don't know who that is. Yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really sold on Hoiberg either, but if it's a loan, I could kind of convince mm, that one. I don't like that one. I don't like. He's got injury we'll problems, which is a big issue for me. Real last uh, thing as we go into international break now. Okay, so we are gonna see Chiesa, Locatelli, Keen got the call, and Gatti, Gatti getting the call for the Azzurri. Awesome, awesome stuff. I actually not think his that's... first call, by the yeah, way. Everybody. I actually think that um, Chiesa. It's gonna depend on how if he still has discomfort or whatnot, like. Maybe, just maybe, doesn't actually uh, partake. So we'll see. Juve is my number one uh, priority right now. I so always, all I always find good. it odd. I know we're trying to end the show, but I always find it odd that a player has to report for national duty, get evaluated for an injury, and get sent home. How the club does not have the right just to say, you're not going. Is beyond yeah, or do this. Well, it is the individual's call, right? So it's the player's call. Is it call. the individual? Okay. Yeah, so if they get the call, the team can't stop a player from accepting the national team call. Mm. Yeah, it is weird that he's just going to go there, get evaluated, and like maybe sent home. You yeah, know? well, ultimately it's going to be him. He hard. can obviously avoid the call. He could say, "I have discomfort. Yeah. I don't want to take the chance. I'm not going." Right, but it's the, apparently it was precautionary that he was left out yesterday too, and it shouldn't be that bad. He was feeling still discomfort, but we got the international break. We've got Milan right after. Right as it sits right now, going into that Milan game, what's your confidence level? on us getting the positive result and the three points. And? Very high since they, they took it, two of their better players took red cards yesterday. So seven and a half out of ten. Seven and there, a half I'm out of ten? Game, I'm, game I'm, I'm at an eight. Zero, right? It's at the San Siro? I it believe is, that one is um, at the San Siro, yes. It's away, that's correct. Yeah. That's that's my hiccup because <laughs> at the San Siro is always not the not against Inter, but against AC Milan is always tougher for us historically yeah at least like since i've been a fan not that opening long. lines plus 132 for milan plus 220 for a drop plus 200 for juve i'm right around there around a seven out of ten um mm-hmm. but let's uh see what goes down now we could man that would be a big one for juventus and hopefully kind of continuing to turn this tide and get things rolling mm-hmm. that's going to be a massive one after the break everybody lou and pleasure as always all right Thoughts with our brother uh, Omar out there. Okay, stay safe, brother. Mm. Everybody in live chat, you guys are fantastic as always. Please drop a like on your way out. Subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel, okay? We'll probably do some fun stuff through the international break. Probably expect one live show, maybe maybe a couple. We'll see. Might try and get some guests in here. And then uh, we'll be back for the Milan match. But I'll definitely still be rocking the news updates leading up to that. And as always, whenever you're around and even when you're not around, I always give a big shout out to Lou for all the work he does on the news for the channel. Omar also contributing there a lot. Uh, Yeah, you guys do uh, a ton. So big, big thanks there, Lou. 
And now we're going to sign off now, guys. Anything left to say other than Fino alla fine, Forza Juve, let's go fuck shit up and take this title this year? Anything else? That's it. That, that sums it up for Big me. Gobo DNA. Guys, enjoy your weekends. Okay, take care. Talk to you real soon. Tomorrow, daily update video. Ciao tutti. Yeah.